When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Yeah, it is. Good morning, everyone. Bit of a false start, but nice to be with you on this Thursday morning. It is the 11th of August, 2022. Good to be uh, with you. Just gone five past five. Daniel Pedro with you through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, uh, which is uh, through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. Also, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. It's five past five. Good to be with you uh, this morning. And we do have have a big show for you as per usual. The number 1300 01 1170. You can text 0457 736 736. That's before Vossie and Brandy through SEN 1170 AM for breakfast after 6 AM and through 693 SENQ. Uh, we've got Pat and Heels and also through SEN 1620 AM as well. Big show. Got a rugby league club, one of the biggest rugby league clubs in Sydney at this stage without a home at the moment, which is front page of the Daily Telegraph. We'll talk about that. A few Sydney clubs in trouble as well with the salary cap, uh, having to re-sign and juggle some players. We'll talk about that as well shortly. A Brisbane Broncos player without a club at the moment for season 2023. Plus, in about 10 minutes, we're going to have a chat with Jonathan Gallo. We're going to continue our road to the World Cup. And we're up to our group, Group D, France and Australia. We'll get them to preview today. Plus, we'll also look ahead at the weekend in the English Premier League as well. So a lot to get through. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 the phone number. You can text 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic. Thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream at seven past five. Okay, front page of the Daily Telegraph today, and uh, I think it's the fourth or fifth page in. South Sydney, uh, one of the foundation clubs in the NRL, at the moment, do not have a home for season 2023 and beyond. So basically what has been happened is they've been left stranded, embarrassingly, without a home ground for 2023 because the New South Wales government refuses to make what the club claims is a simple decision. It has triggered an increasing drama between the under-pressure government and rugby league's most famous club. Blake Solly, uh, the South's chief executive, has said, we are extremely confused frustrated and disappointed. We have bucket loads of uncertainty. The Rabbitohs have formally announced their decision to quit a core stadium at Sydney Olympic Park after 16 years for a historic return to the rebuilt Allianz Stadium located in Moore Park. But the club's hunger 
for a return to Moore Park at its $830 million venue is being thwarted by the New South Wales government, who is refusing to approve the move. Now, sounds are predicting an ugly financial black hole if the club cannot start selling tickets, membership, sponsorship and corporate hospitality for home games in 2023. Blake Solly fears his club has been caught in the middle of a public dispute between the state government and the NRL over stadium funding. Souths have told the government, Venues New South Wales and the NRL that the club wants to return to its traditional eastern suburbs heartland, but the relocation is being denied. Uh, if the shift back east is denied, Souths have several options, but would likely be forced back to a core stadium. Solly continued to saying, uh, continue to say we are pleading a fair go. We just want to be treated fairly. The club has told the government, all new NRL venues and New South Wales, we want to play at Allianz. We're struggling to understand why it's so hard. Why isn't this a quick decision? This needs to be approved as soon as possible. So we know the government has spent $800 million improving Allianz Stadium, um, he said. So surely they want as many games with as many people using the venue to make a return on the taxpayer investment to utilise it at full capacity. The other worrying thing for South is they have memberships going on sale in four weeks' time and they still don't know where they're going to be playing. Uh, Blake Solly also said, given there is no investment in a core stadium, we want the best experience for our members, fans and corporate partners, so we can't see why the government won't approve or allow our move to Moore Park to go ahead. They haven't said yes or no, and that's a problem. So, yeah, so at this stage, South Sydney are uh, without a home ground. Solly also claimed the government's decision to renege on a further $250 million investment in Brookvale Oval, Shark Park and Lycott Oval, uh, causing much anger from within the NRL, could be behind the government's reluctance to agree on the move. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with this. Now, New South Wales Sports Minister uh, Alistair Henskins claimed South only last year agreed to remain at a court long term. So he said South Sydney have been an anchor home team at a core stadium since 2006 and in November 2021 reaffirmed that commitment until the end of the 2030 NRL season. I've discussed this matter with uh, Peter Volandes and Andrew Abdo this week and I look forward to further constructive criticisms or conversations with them on this matter. So South fans, how are you feeling about this? As um, was just pointed out there, been at a core stadium since 2006. Before that was a regular at the Sydney Football Stadium, but now um, at a core stadium since 2006 and now looking to play at the new football stadium, which is uh, not surprising. Uh, I would have um, betted pretty good money that South Sydney would like to play there, but there seems to be a bit of a standoff. If you are a Rabbitohs fan, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170, where would you prefer to play? Now, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, a core stadium is very, very good when it's a state of origin or a grand final and there's 75, 80,000 people there. But when you go there and there's 5,000, 10,000 people there, it's a hard place to watch football from. Now, that's not to say that once the new Allianz Stadium is up and running, and that opens in three weeks' time, uh, today, uh, tomorrow, three weeks tomorrow, when the Roosters take on the Rabbitohs uh, in the final round. 
there will be a lot big crowd there. There'll be a big crowd for any finals that are played there over this final series. But it is fair to say when we get probably back into the middle of next year's rugby league season and we don't know how either the Roosters and if Souths are going to be playing there are going to be performing next year, you're not going to get thirty or 40,000 to the games there. But at least the viewing experience, you would imagine, would be a lot better. You would think this would get sorted out sooner or later, but if you are a Rabbitohs fan, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And I'll throw this one as well. If you're a Roosters fan, now we know there's a bit of hate uh, between the Roosters and also the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now it is the Roosters' home ground in terms of rugby league. Do you want the Rabbitohs playing there? Uh, personally, I don't think it really matters uh, who plays there. It's your home ground. Um, we've seen teams share home grounds for many, many years now. But if you're a Roosters fan, would you be happy to let, I suppose, South Sydney play at the new Allianz Stadium? As I say, I don't think it really matters. Uh, it's not like they're going to be playing at the same time. And it has happened before at the old Sydney Football Stadium. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Your thoughts? On that, and where do you think it's all going to end up? Will South Sydney remain at Oakcourt Stadium? A bit of other news just before a break, and then uh, we will talk football at Cronulla. And I mentioned this yesterday on the show as well. They're facing a brutal salary cap distraction involving their starting back five as they prepare to head into the finals with a genuine hope of winning a second premiership. The Sharks, we know, have entrenched themselves in the top four. But they are threatening to become victims of their own success as they confront the prospect of a host of outstanding backs heading on the open market on the 1st of November. So five of the outside backs, including Will Kennedy, Sifa uh, Telekai, uh, Jesse Ramian, all off contract and will enter the final year of their existing deals at the end of November. At this point, they can sign with rival clubs for 2024. And what makes the situation even more pressing is the upcoming World Cup, which will mean four of the five are likely to be overseas when November 1 arrives. Kennedy may be the only one who isn't part of the World Cup. So the clock ticking for the Cronulla Sharks and club officials well aware of the juggling act that they face in keeping all their backline stars, given all are likely to be in line for pay rises. Um... The Sharks will gain some salary cap latitude with Andrew Fafita and Raid Graham set to make decisions on their futures in coming weeks. Both are on contracts in excess of $800,000 a year. Fafita is expected to retire, although his recent form could yet prompt a rethink, and Wade Graham is likely to sign a one-year extension on a smaller contract, easing the load to a certain extent. Cronulla fans, you're worried. It'd be very hard to keep all five, especially considering the form this year and there's also news about the roosters struggling with their salary cap as well i'm sure those jokes will continue right throughout the day we'll talk about that a little later on but they'll want to um keep well the majority of them um it is understood that um that the wage increases may not be enough to cover all five players Next month is likely to be crucial for the club. It is understood as well, Cronulla put talks with Telekai on the back burner while he was involved in the State of Origin series, but has resurrected discussions that they look to sign him for a further two years at the very least. Your thoughts on that? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 
11.70. And we will get to that in just a second. And we've got a round of NRL coming up today. What a beauty round 22 kicks off with the Melbourne Storm up against the Penrith Panthers. So a lot to get through. We'll look at the rest of the round a little later on today and also uh, tomorrow as well. 0457 736 736 to your calls, your texts, and we'll talk football next. It is coming up to 16 past five. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. Yeah, 20 past five, 0457 736 736 or 1 Going to have a chat with Jonathan Gallo in a couple of minutes to talk all things football, our road to the World Cup, and also look at this round at the EPL. Uh, but let's go to the open line, 1 300 Michael from Marrickville on the line. Morning to you, Michael. Good morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well. You wanted to have a chat about South Sydney and where they're going to be playing next year? Yeah, mate, I think it's a great idea them sharing the um, the stadium with the Roosters. It costs so much to build. I think we should utilise it as much as possible. Yeah. Um, well, mate, also another option, I believe, is um, Henson Park in Marysville, mate. It, it's made for rugby league. I used to watch Newdown Jets as a little kid. I was ball boys for a couple of seasons there. Mm. Mate, it is awesome sitting on the hill and it's easy access into the, to the suburb. An easy access out. It's not like Leichhardt Oval where I'm a Tigers supporter, but that's that's hard going, the um, transportation there. But Marifal, mate, it is made. It's just sitting there waiting for someone to use it. That's well, always the same, mate. Love this show, buddy. Thank you, man. Thank you to your first point, uh, Michael. Uh, well, yes, it's not just going to be uh, the Roosters playing there at the moment. There's going to be, uh, obviously, Rugby Union. The Sydney FC are going to be playing there in a couple of months. There's going to be concerts held there. But I agree with you. I, I don't really have any huge issue with South Sydney playing there. If they want to play there and if they are able uh, to get this issue with the government sorted out, um, then, yeah, I don't see any real issue with South Sydney playing there. And you're right about, I think I said it was about $800 million, uh, to build that uh, new stadium. I'll try and get that exact figure in just a second. So um, I think, yeah, 800 million to improve Allianz Stadium it was, was the rough figure uh, Blake Solly uh, said in his statement. So yeah, I, look, I have no issue with South Sydney playing there. I think they will end up playing there. Um, and from all reports, it's a very, very good stadium and it needs to be used. It's a great stadium. As for Henson Park, I've spent a lot of time out there at Henson Park uh, calling and watching New South Wales Cup games, watching Newtown play. I'm not entirely sure it would be maybe fit uh, for NRL standard. I don't know. I know they held their beer, footy and food festival just a couple of weeks ago, which got a lot of people in. Um, Whether it be NRL standard, I'm not sure. However, I do remember a couple of years ago, just before we get to John Gallo talking football, uh, there was a Roosters-Warriors game that was going to be played at North Sydney Oval, and it never got played. I have a feeling it was set for 2020 uh, before the COVID pandemic hit, um, and then obviously things were moved around and a lot of games moved interstate um, and elsewhere. But uh, North Sydney Oval, uh, if North Sydney Oval can hold uh, NRL games, maybe Henson Park is a one-off. But it would have to be a game against the interstate team. You couldn't have two big Sydney teams, for example. You couldn't have a South Roosters game at Henson Park. It just wouldn't hold that many. But I'm sure a lot of people would love to go back to watch the NRL at Henson Park. Michael, thank you for that call. Keep them coming through. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 01 11 70 or 0457 OK, time to talk football now with our football expert, Jonathan Gallo. We spoke to him on Tuesday. We will have a look at the EPL as well shortly. But firstly, John, well, firstly, John, good morning to you. How are you going? 
Yeah, very well, mate. How are you? Yes, uh, very well indeed. Now, a lot to get through. So if you're a new listener to the show, we started this... Well, how long ago was it, John? It feels like probably a couple of months ago now. Road, yeah. road to... Months and months. Years ago, Dan. Years ago. No, it's only been a few months. So great run to the World Cup. We've previewed quite a few uh, groups already, Group A, B, C and D. And now we're uh, in uh, Group ABC, I should mm. say. I didn't know my ABC. Dan, you <laughs> And uh, we're in now Group D, uh, you know, hosting Australia and France this week. So um, two very different teams mm. when, you, when you look at it because I think, you know, one will be, uh, you know, crossing their fingers and toes during the uh, World Cup group campaign. And unfortunately, that's going to be the Soccer Roos fans. For the French, I think there's going to be a lot of expectations on, on them in terms of the fans and the overall football community. They're uh, being touted as one of the, uh, the favourites to win the World Cup. Uh, obviously, they're the defending champions from from uh, 2018 World Cup. So, you know, they've got every right to be uh, touted as, as the favourites. They've got some of the biggest names in world football featuring in their side. No, no, they're killing, killing Mbappe up front. Uh, you've got Adrian Rabut, uh, obviously Paul Pogba. You've got Ingoa Kante, Olivia Giroud, Antonio Griezmann. The names go uh, you know up and down that list quite mm. comfortably because they're all names that were familiar with world football, playing in some of the, the biggest leagues and clubs in world football. Uh, and I think this is some of the, one of the best periods of time for French football in terms of, you know, all great players, young players coming through at once. And it was the same, you know, four years ago in 2018 and they won the World Cup at that time. And it's still the same now. Those young players are all the more older, wiser and, and a bit more mature as well, which uh, adds to the equation. I think for, for the national team in France in, in the beginning of the World Cup, they've had a history at times of you know, having a bit of a player fallout with each other and personalities getting in the way because there are some strong personalities in that dressing room. Paul Pogba is obviously one of them. Mbappe is obviously another one. He's obviously a young kid who came with a lot of fame at the time when he started out in, in the uh, in last time's World Cup 2018. And he's still got that confidence about him now. And, and rightly so, he's one of the world's best players. So if they can manage their egos and put that to the side and just concentrate as a team, uh, they will be all the better for it. Um, John- I suppose... Yeah, do you think France are a genuine contender for this year's World Cup? Oh, absolutely, mate. I do. I do think they're an absolute contender for the World Cup. I think it's a very few times you see them go back to that World Cup win, though, Dan. I know it's very, very difficult to do, just like it is in any competition, right? But, uh, no, I think there's every opportunity that France can go back to back. Just because, as I said before, those same players that were there in 2018, most of them are here for 2022, and a lot of them are older, wiser, and and all the more better. So if they can go through that World Cup, uh, particularly with Mbappe not being injured in the lead-up, I think they've got all the chances. If Mbappe is injured, well, yeah, it could be a bit more difficult for them because not to say they're a one-player band at all, but he's, he's their source of their goals for, for the most part. So mm. um, it's interesting, though, because you look at their World Cup qualifying campaign, they came through undefeated, eight win, five draws, and, and led the way as expected. But the UEFA Nations League tournament that's been uh, playing last couple of months, I know... Some of the big-name players haven't been featuring and whether it's just a bit of a jolly-up is, is debatable as well. But, yeah, they're coming last in that group as well with uh, with likes of Denmark leading the way. So their Nations League campaign across Europe has not been that great uh, this year. But the World Cup qualification to get to the World Cup, they led the way, as I said, undefeated. So, yeah, they're a side that has a history of just mm. uh, a little bit of infighting at times. So I think facing the Socceroos up front. Yes. The Socceroos, it will be, will be a good chance to get through. I mean... Obviously, soccer is a up, up battle. It's, it's a tough group. There's no doubt about it. France and Denmark, the same two teams that were there in the last World Cup. So uh, it is going to be tough to see how the soccer will get through just purely where the goals are going to come from. 
defensively, we just kind of have to rely on passing the bus a lot in these three games. We're the lowest ranked uh, team out of all three, and, and you know we've got to do our best to to find a way to win in all three games. But it's it's awfully difficult to see how the Socceroos will get through this uh, this group. I'm afraid. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about the Socceroos. They, as you say, play France the first game up. Now we're only about three months out from the World Cup. You will hear, by the way, every game of the Football World Cup here on SEN. Their first game, Australian time, will be uh, the 23rd of November. France and Australia at 6 a.m. You'll hear that obviously on SEN. Now. Australia, to be fair to the Socceroos, John, a lot of people cast your mind back a couple of months ago, didn't think they'd make the World Cup, and they played some really, really good football to get through to the World Cup. It is a very hard task starting out with France early, but people that know the game a lot more than me have said that France can be slow starters in a World Cup. So whilst Australia definitely would not be going in uh, to this game favourite when we get a bit closer to it, it's still a chance for them to maybe get a draw and then try and fight their way through the group. But it is going to be a very hard task to get through these three teams. Yeah, it will be. And, yeah, I've, I've been one of those that, you know, do echo those same thoughts in, return, in regards to playing France first. I think, you know, I'd rather play France first because, you know, historically at times, France have you know, had the occasional hiccup. Um, they've had the odd draw or, the, or even the odd uh, loss as well. And, you know, that's normally the beginning of the downfall for France in terms of the, the uh, player infighting that happens. So, look, I think it's a good time to play France up, up first. Obviously, the big one will be the, uh, the game in between, which is against Tunisia, the mm. second game for Australia. That's going to be a big one for both sides. So Socceroos will have to throw everything at that game. And then obviously, lastly, is against Denmark, uh, who historically we haven't had a, a great record against. Denmark are, are a fantastic football side, as expected. So, yeah, I think that the way the group uh, unfolds in terms of the matches and who we play is probably in our favour a little bit. Um, but we've just got to make sure that second game against Tunisia that we throw everything, including the, uh, the kitchen sink, at Tunisia in that game because that's really the ultimate one that will decide if we've got any chance of going through or not. So, yeah, it's hopeful that we get through at least on four points. Maybe goal difference comes into it. But, you know, there's a bit of confidence, as you said, to take away from the Peru elimination game that we won there because we played some, some OK football. It wasn't probably the most aesthetically pleasing football, but it was our way of doing things. And if we can do that you know, against all three of these teams, then we've got a way of trying to bring them down to our level a little bit, particularly like the France and, and Denmark. So, um, you know, we're going to have to work on that and have to work on finding ways to, to score goals as well. So it is an uphill battle, no doubt. But, you know, there's, uh, where there's a team in, in the World Cup, mate, there's a bit of hope. So, um, yeah, we've got all the hope in the world, of course, and we'll, we'll try and throw everything that uh, we can at uh, those three teams. Now, never too late or too early to put dates in your diary, John. So uh, if you are listening and you're going to be keen to be watching or listening to the World Cup, as I expect the majority of the listeners will be. So the three dates for Australia. So I mentioned 23rd of November, which is a Wednesday morning in Australia at 6am against France. That's followed on the 26th of November, which is a Saturday night here. What a great time to play Tunisia. 9pm Saturday night. This is all Sydney time, obviously. And then uh, the final match, which will be on the 1st of December, which uh, is a Thursday morning. Australian time will be at 2am against Denmark. So uh, that's Saturday night game, 26th of November. Uh, you'd imagine pubs around Australia are going to be packed for that one. We 
we will look at the other two teams in Group D next week as we continue our road to the World Cup in Tunisia and Denmark. But, John, let's switch our attention to the Premier League and we'll just fly through these games and I'll get a quick 10 or 20 seconds from you and some tips for uh, the next round, the second round of the Premier League, which starts on Saturday night and goes all the way until Tuesday morning. We may well actually have a chat on Tuesday morning uh, when Liverpool play Crystal Palace. But let's start off with this one Saturday at 9.30pm. Uh, Aston Villa taking on Everton. Yeah, I expect this to be a difficult game. Both sides trying to bounce back. Uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to go uh, with a draw here. I think uh, it could be a one-all draw between Villa and Everton for this one. Yep, so that is Saturday night at 9.30pm. Then a host of games as we expect at midnight. So Southampton up against Leeds. I'm going to go with Leeds. I think they, mm. uh, they played really well in the opening uh, game of the season last, uh, last week, so I'm going to go with Leeds. Yeah, they were very good. 2-1, wasn't it, over Wolves? And, and I know we spoke about them. Do you expect an improved season from them this year? I do, in a way, yeah. I think the young American coach is a good uh, good overall tactician. I think he's made some good recruits in the off-season, where Southampton probably haven't been as much uh, activity from them in the transfer window. And obviously the 4-1 thumping last week they got against Spurs, albeit Spurs. Um, I think will affect them a little bit, although it's their home, first home game of the season, so it'll be a good turnout. But I do expect Leeds to be a much more uh, well-drilled side this time around. What about Arsenal up against Leicester City? Yeah, big game this one. Um, very interesting to see how Arsenal go backing up after last week's win against uh, Palace away from home. This will be their first home game as well this season, so it'll be packed there at Emirates Stadium. Leicester, look, they were a little bit disappointing last week. They're going to draw against Brentford to all, so that was a bit of a slip-up from them. Uh, I expect Arsenal to get the win here. Got a big Newcastle United fan in the building at the moment. Brighton will play Newcastle uh, United at midnight on Saturday night going into Sunday. Yeah, big big game, difficult game, because Brighton were really good last uh, last week. Obviously, they got the win against Man United, uh, which is caught a, an uproar all around the, uh, the world, really. So, look, I, I wonder how this is going to be. Big test both sides, Newcastle away from home. I'm expecting Newcastle to get the win here. Maybe 1-0 uh, might be the result. It'll be a tight one. Tough task for Vossi's new team, Bournemouth, in their second game. They're heading to Man City to play Man City at home. Yeah, awfully, awfully hard to see how Bournemouth are going to get the win here away from home against Man City, who are just in, in great fashion. Haaland's already scored two goals last week. I expect him to get a few more uh, this week. And, yeah, I think uh, City by three or four goals here. Wolves will play Fulham. Wolves, I'm, I'm really backing them. I know Fulham had a tour draw against uh, against one of the favourites in Liverpool, but I do expect Wolves at home to uh, respond after last week's disappointing performance. Um, I'm going to back uh, Wolverhampton here. Uh, uh, we've got um, we've got um, the other game there as well. Brentford up against Man United. Man United and Brentford, yeah, yes. big game again. Um, I'm going to really back probably Man United away from home, even though they've had a bit of a tough week. Very tough. Somewhat respond. Yeah, very tough week. They'd want to respond. I think the calls for the manager, I think there was a chant going up about uh, how you're getting sacked in the morning after not even uh, one game. And a few more games. Sunday night at 11pm, Nottingham Forest against West Ham. You expect in West Ham away from home, and though Nottingham will be a big crowd out there. First game in the Premier League for a long time at home. So, difficult one. I'm expecting West Ham just to scrape through. And two big games to round out the weekend. Monday morning, 1.30, Chelsea up against Tottenham. Yeah, the biggest game, I think, of the round, really. Uh, must watch for all football fans. I think, look, this is going to be a big one. I think Spurs are in great form. 
Um, they're in, in you know, touted as being one of the top four teams. Conte has really made a, a huge play in the transfer market, bringing over Perisic and Richarlison. Uh, besides Chelsea, bringing over Sterling as well. So this is going to be awfully hard to see. I'm going to go draw here. I think both teams will uh, go for a one-all draw. And finally, Liverpool will play Crystal Palace. This is actually next Tuesday morning at 5am, so we'll be on air. Uh, we might have a chat during this game. Liverpool-Crystal Palace... Yeah, I think this is a tight one. I think Palace uh, obviously will be disappointed last week against Arsenal, although Liverpool would have had an absolute berating during the week from Jurgen Klopp, and they'll get a real uh, rally up during the week as well. So I expect Liverpool to respond, and I think they'll respond with a bit of fashion as well. So I expect a 2 or 3 nil result for Liverpool. John, very good. As per usual, uh, we will have a chat again probably a couple of times next week, probably Tuesday and Thursday. We'll review the EPL on Tuesday and look ahead to our continuing road to the World Cup and also uh, the next round of the EPL next week. Have a good uh, weekend. We'll chat soon. You too, mate. We'll uh, talk soon. We will. Jonathan Gallo talking all things football at 24 minutes to six. And don't forget, that was our Makita Power Play this morning. This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. South Sydney fans, are you worried about where you're going to be playing next year? Bit of a fight at the moment between uh, whether they're going to be playing at Acor Stadium or the new Allianz Stadium. They want to play at Allianz, but the government not letting them. If you're a Roosters fan, would you let South Sydney play there? As I said, I don't really see any real issue. I had a call from Michael just before we spoke to John, who said that any team really should be able to play there. It's cost, what, about $800 million to improve the new Allianz Stadium. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. 0457736736 or 1300-01170. And just before break, uh, tonight's game as well, it's a really, really good game. The Penrith Panthers up against the Melbourne Storm. Uh, the Alexander Smith Cup, as Vossi has declared it a couple of times on the breakfast show. Uh, both teams without a few of their star players, but you'd still expect Penrith to win the way Melbourne have been playing. Uh, Munster last week played at fullback. He moves back to the halves, but no Jerome Hughes. What are you expecting from tonight's game? Can Melbourne cause an upset against Penrith? I doubt it, but you never know. 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. We'll take a break. After the break, we'll look at some of the other news making uh, headlines today in the world of sport. We'll do that next. It's coming up to 22 to 6. Yeah, it is, and it is 18 minutes to 6 o'clock, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Don't forget, if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you. Australia's biggest Beaumont Tiles, together with us, want to boost your business. Head to iCanWin.com.au and you could win a $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. Connect with Beaumont Tiles and enter now at iCanWin.com.au. 1-300-01-1170 or 0457-736-736. Just on that call from Michael earlier as well, um, would you like to see rugby league being played more so at the suburban grounds? I know we see some games at Lycott Oval and Brookvale Oval. What about a North Sydney Oval? As I said, there was going to be a Warriors-Roosters game at North Sydney Oval a couple of years ago. I think it was supposed to be in 2020. And then obviously COVID put a halt to that. Would you like to see a couple of games at North Sydney Oval a year? Would Henson? Would you go to them? Would you go to Henson Park? Would you go to North Sydney Oval to watch NRL games? I think it'd be a good crowd. I think 
not every week, but I think once or twice a year as a novelty. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 So round 22 of the National Rugby League beginning tonight, as I say, and we'll have a full preview of round 22 with Charlie Goodsir tomorrow for the remainder of the games. But we've got Penrith up against the Storm. So it's first play fourth tonight. Kickoff at 7.50pm out there at Penrith Football Stadium. Penrith last week, obviously, with the win against the Canberra Raiders, uh, sort of forgotten amongst everything else that happened there. But they still won the game without... Nathan Cleary without Jerome Luai. Kikau was out as well. So an impressive win. And the Storm sitting in fourth position at the moment. They got a win over the Titans as well. I would say their performance wasn't wasn't brilliant, but they did enough uh, to get the victory. Tough task tonight, though, against the Penrith Panthers at Penrith, even though there is no Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. You'll hear that as well on SEN uh, on air from 6pm tonight, kickoff at 7.50. The remainder of the games, we'll look at all of these tomorrow with Charlie, which is quickly through the round. Warriors up against the Bulldogs. That'll be at 6pm tomorrow. The Friday night 7.55 game of beauty. The Parramatta Eels taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Five play six. So we'll talk more about that with Charlie. And then on Saturday, another big game to kick off the Saturday action at the SCG. The Roosters up against the Cowboys. Eighth play second, but the Roosters in pretty good form recently. The Tigers will play the Sharks. That'll be the 5.30 game on Saturday night, followed by the Broncos and the Knights. That'll be 7.35 on Saturday night. That's at Suncorp Stadium. And on Sunday, two games, Raiders and the Dragons. Really a must-win game, definitely for the Raiders and really for the Dragons as well. That's 2 p.m. at GIO Stadium. And we finish off the round on Sunday afternoon at 5 past 4 with the Gold Coast Titans taking on the Manly Seagulls. Uh, interesting way to finish the round. But anyway, that's at Seabus Super Stadium. That is on Sunday. But we will chat all about that with Charlie Goodsir tomorrow morning as we look ahead to the remainder of round 22 and review tonight's game uh, between the Panthers and the Storm. 0457. 736 or 1-300-01-1170. Souths fans, where do you want to be playing next year? Roosters fans, would you let Souths play at the new Allianz Stadium? And would you like to see more NRL games at the Suburban Grounds, as our caller suggested earlier? Maybe Henson Park, North Sydney Oval, a couple of games a year. It is 14 minutes to 6 o'clock. Let's have a look at what else is making news today in rugby league and the world of sport. And we were talking Football World Cup with Jonathan Gallo about 15 minutes ago. Well, we've got a Rugby League World Cup that kicks off in two months and just a few days. The 15th of October, it all gets underway over there in the UK. Runs until, I think it's about the 19th of November. The final is in Manchester. Well, Mel Meninga has revealed Nico Hines from the Cronulla Sharks is a genuine Kangaroo World Cup contender if the Cronulla halfback continues his form into the big end-of-season games. Now, we know Hines, uh, he was rumoured, and a lot of people thought he probably should have been in the state of origin side for game one, uh, probably ahead of Jack Wyden. Now, Wyden turned out to have a brilliant game in state of origin game number one, but he was there or thereabouts for the state of origin, and his versatility will be a huge advantage when Meninga sits down to name his 24-man squad. Uh, Meninga said of Hines ahead of the Sharks showdown on Saturday in Tamworth against the West Tigers, Nico can play in the halves. He has certainly played in the centres and he can play at fullback. I think the depth we have in those positions is excellent, but you just have to get the balance of the team right and you have to have guys who can play a number of positions. So um, potentially his versatility could put him ahead of the likes of Mitchell Moses and Clint Gutherson. 
there's been a lot of talk about players who have put their hands to play for other nations, put up their hands to play for other, other nations, but even so, going to be some big names who will still miss out on the Kangaroos. Nico Hines, would you have him in uh, the squad? I, I would. I think he's a very, very good player, and I think he's going to be very handy. Uh, on the text, this one from the Chookman. Uh, Hi, Dan. Relocate south to Antarctica. Uh, they can't get any further south than that. That one from the Chookman. Now, I imagine having a name like the Chookman means you're a Roosters fan, and I dare say the majority of Roosters fans would agree. So south to Antarctica. Be a fun away trip. It'd be cold, wouldn't it? Really, really cold. Thank you for that suggestion, Chook Man. Uh, keep them coming. I don't think South fans will agree with that, but uh, I don't mind it. 0457 736 736. Thinking outside of the box at 12 minutes to 6 o'clock. Very, very uh, good. Thank you, uh, Chookman, there to Antarctica. Now, uh, Boom Rookie, Parramatta Rookie, Will Penasini says he won't close the door on a code switch after Rugby Australia revealed it is preparing to up the ante on the NRL. Last month, uh, Rugby Australia Chairman uh, Hamish McLennan declared Sydney Roosters prodigy Joseph Sawali headlines a hit list of NRL stars on the radar of the Wallabies ahead of the 2027 Rugby Union World Cup. Now, Penasini and Sawali were products of the prestige GPS rugby system, having played together at the King's School before choosing glitz and glamour of the NRL. Penasini, we know, has established himself in that Parramatta squad. He said, I'm not closing the door on rugby union. Right now, I'm content with where I am at Parramatta and I'm loving rugby league at the moment. I'm just at the start of my career and I want to build my game and focus on playing consistent footy for Parramatta and try not to uh, look too far ahead about the decision between rugby league or rugby union. The Eels have been so impressed with Penasini, the club is working to secure his services beyond 2023. The 20-year-old is due for an upgraded deal and is off contract uh, from November 1, where he can field offers from rival clubs and also rugby union. Now, uh, we know the Parramatta Eels have lost Reid Marnie, and we think they are uh, losing Isaiah Papali, although who knows. Uh, They are happening, though, to lock in halves pairing Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown. Meanwhile, Soali reportedly has a get-out clause which allows him to swap clubs or clothes at the end of each season in his current Roosters deal. But the 19-year-old was coy when asked about the nature of the deal. He said, I don't know about any of that stuff. I love this club. I love the Roosters and everyone here. I don't think I want to leave for a long time for rugby union. I haven't looked that far ahead, honestly. So we'll see what happens with both of those players uh, both clubs, both Parramatta and the Roosters, definitely don't want to be losing uh, the likes of uh, Will Penasini and also Joey, Joey Sawali. Joey Sawali, fantastic this year for the Roosters. He was in that Origin squad as well. Uh, so that is going to be very, very interesting to see what happens with that. That's for the 2027 World Cup, so it's still a little way away. Speaking of playing signings, the Gold Coast Titans, and it was mentioned in breakfast through SCN 1170 AM yesterday, have formulated plans to raid the Roosters uh, with the Gold Coast eyeing rising Sydney Roosters prop Fletcher Baker after their signing of Sam Verrills. Now, Verrills, who's just turned 23, has been released from his 2023 contract with the Roosters to sign a two-year deal with the Titans until the end of 2024. Of course, one, a premiership, was a try-scorer for the Roosters in that 2019 Grand final against the Canberra Raiders, but has left to go to the Titans because the Roosters, of course, have signed Melbourne star Brandon Smith. 
Uh, we know uh, the Titans also went hard for Smith last year, but the Roosters uh, got their man. Verrills and Manley's veteran 5'8", Kieran Foran, who will confront the Gold Coast this weekend. Uh, two players Holbrook is banking on to spark uh, resurrection next year. Verrills so far played 43 games in an injury-interrupted career. Holbrook said Verrills was a quality signing for the Titans. Sam has great vision and is a real threat for that hooker position. He's learned his craft under origin hooker Jake Friend and has been able to really shine in that number nine jersey for the Roosters in recent seasons. Yeah, I think this is a really, really good signing for the Gold Coast Titans. Um, I think the Roosters will miss Sam Verrills. Obviously, they do have Brandon Smith coming into that team, who I think himself has been pretty quiet when he's actually been on the field for the Melbourne Storm this year. But maybe a new start at the Sydney Roosters will help him. But it is very, uh, very, very disappointing for the Roosters, I think, to lose Sam Verrills. We've seen over the past four or five weeks what he can do. The Tynans also are targeting Fletcher Baker. Uh, he is on the radar of the Gold Coast Recruitment de uh, Department, also from the Roosters. He's played 30 NRL games since debuting last year. Hasn't been able to be in the Roosters' best 17 recently, but he is contracted to the Roosters until the end of the 2023 season, making him a free agent from November 1 this year. So it'll be interesting to see if the Titans do go after him. A couple of texts there on 0457 736 736. This one from Jace saying, I'd like to see my Warriors play at North Sydney Oval or Henson Park. Though I'd also like to see their facilities updated, more undercover seating, uh, better toilets, etc. Jace, yeah, uh, I used to go to North Sydney Oval a lot. Um, and also Henson Park a lot. And well, the Warriors were due, as I said a couple of times, due to play the Roosters at North Sydney Oval. Uh, I think for NRL games to be played there on a regular uh, uh, basis, yes, they would need to have better facilities. But I think as a one-off, if a Sydney club was playing an our team, a Queensland club, maybe like a Cowboys, like a tight Titans would probably be the best team at the moment to take there. Uh, then, yeah, definitely. This one from Junior Smithy as well. Morning, Dan, on where South should play. They should be allowed to play at Allianz. They will be the only club that can draw a crowd there. Thank you, Junior Smithy. Well, that is probably, uh, I get slightly unfair on the Roosters. I think they'll get a good crowd there uh, for at least Anzac Day next year. No, I'm joking. I am a Roosters fan as well, actually. Um, no, I, look, I don't have an issue with Souths playing there. Uh, I know Chukman said move, move them to Antarctica. I just think they'll build a new stadium. Uh, let as many clubs within reason. You're not going to have awake games there a weekend, but let as many clubs play there as possible. There is another text here from James. I'll try and get to that in just a second. However, uh, half the text is missing at the moment, so I'll try and get to that in a moment before we head off. And just some news out from the world of cricket uh, overnight or yesterday afternoon. Australian captain Meg Lanning announced she is stepping away from the game and taking indefinite leave uh, from cricket immediately. We know she announced this yesterday, only days after the Aussies claimed gold at the 2022 Commonwealth Games. A Cricket Australia statement said Lanning will take leave due to personal reasons and has withdrawn for the upcoming 100, where she was due to play with the Trent Rockets. After a busy couple of years, I've made the decision to take a step back to enable me to spend time focusing on myself, Lanning said in a statement. I'm grateful for the support of CA 
uh, Cricket Australia and my teammates and ask that my privacy is respected during this time. And there's been a lot of tributes for Meg Lanning. She played a vital role as the Aussies claimed gold in Birmingham when they defeated India by nine runs. So hopefully we do see her return to the world of cricket at some point soon, but taking an indefinite leave from cricket at the moment. Thank you for your company today. Back with you tomorrow morning, Charlie Goodsir will join me to preview the rest of round 22 of the NRL. Breakfast coming up through SEN 11.70am with Vossi and Brandy through SENQ 6.93am. It's Patton Hills that will also be on SEN 16.20am on the Gold Coast. Have a wonderful Thursday. I'll catch you for the Friday show tomorrow from 5am. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.